Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brett Bowen, Pastor Adam Mosier, wrap up their discussion on Article 3.4 on the Gospel, looking at a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow. I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osher. All right, take three. And, take three. And yeah, we're false on. starts. Yeah, false start. False start on Brett Bow. Well, yeah. if we want to talk about false starts, we should talk about false finish. That was the worst ending to a podcast yeah, episode in yeah. 320 episodes. I, I don't know. I That's a bad one. So. I want to apologize for if that. If you're week. here today, thank you. <laughs> thank you for God your God bless you for your, your mercy <laughs> and forgiveness. Yeah. All right. All right, yes. <laughs> and we, we followed it up with an even with an equal terrible open to this episode. Great. Right. It'll get better. Because we'll Brett's going to read the Bible, yes. and it'll get better for us. Right. And uh, we are in uh, Matthew 18 today, uh, kind of the church discipline passage. And uh, we're talking about this in the context of the Small Called Articles 3.4 on the Gospel. And uh, we're looking today at Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. And the reason we're looking here, not because we're being edgy like we were last week with the Deuteronomy passage, but this actually, this passage contains the only verse quoted by this article. Yeah. So it makes sense to connect it. And when you look at this passage through the lens of what the article is talking about in the application of the final verse, it really ties everything together in a much better way than the church normally handles it. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that's true. Amen. Yeah. This is this is an interesting passage because I think that it's used abusively. It's, or, or either not used at all. Well right. Yeah. Not used at all, but but also but applied. When it yeah. is when it is addressed, I think a lot of times the reason that it's used um, is to prove that I'm right and somebody else is wrong. And so I'm going to go through all the proper channels to make a pharisaical show of it and make sure that everybody knows I've gone to this person, gone to the council, gone to the whatever, uh, and now I'm going to the congregation and I just, I want to be right. I want to be, I want to, I want to prove to everybody that I'm right and this person is in the wrong and I'm going to make a big deal about this. But you fail to make it through the, that last, that last verse you know, where it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Uh, this whole idea of unity is the purpose, right, of these verses. So, Yeah, I think more, more often than not, what, what we'll see, Brett, as you read this, yeah. is that this verse is applied not only in a legalistic hmm. fashion, hmm. but a specifically, and, and there's a little nuance here, a litigious fashion, hmm. where it's hmm. an overly legalized society. Yeah, yep. uh, lawyering up. Yeah, yep. lawyering up, loopholes, things like that. So why don't you read it, and we'll get into the setup, because if we clear, clarify the setup, the gospel application is that much sweeter. Sweet. All right, uh, Matthew eighteen fifteen through 20, and read in Jesus' name. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. 
If he does, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am, am I among them. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. Amen. So really quick, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, I would like one of the two of you to agree that I could use a brand new pickup. Uh in prayer, <laughs> Just... I am. I am not. Esther's right. I don't know what what you're trying to say here, but I think this is a way of you trying to get get me to agree with you, so that you can bring it back well, to Esther. Is that it? Well, it says if two or three ask on earth about anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Oh, sorry, I yeah, thought you were you going wanna, with the whole. You now, if you want to agree with me right now that I could use a new pickup you, under warranty. Yeah. Uh, I expect that when I walk out of this building, it'll be... You aim far too low. With the Lexus bow. I completely misread that. See, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, stuck uh, on the first part. Sorry no, no, about no, that. That's all right. It's, it's, I, I'm always prosperity gospel bashing here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's get into this. If you took your wallet out, why don't you hold it up and I'll bless it. <laughs> I'll pray over it and that'll fix the... the yeah, I was not get expecting your us to go that direction well, today. It's that verse 19 that's also taken out of context. So the purpose of this passage, it's like you said, Brett, it's almost, well, it's almost always called the church discipline path. Right. And yep. so he, let's walk through the setup because there are a couple steps that people miss and, and that's going to frame the discussion. So if your brother sins against you, Okay, so there's identifiable sin that has occurred. Okay, first, like confront a, him. Like a flow chart. Tell him his fault between you and him alone. No, that's exactly what this isn't. Tell him, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. So the, the whole point, again, right away from the very beginning is interpersonal reconciliation. That mm-hmm. you've sinned against me or I've sinned against you and we want to make it right. The point is not holding his sin over him, Mm -hmm. the point is, look, you have gained your brother. That's the outcome, okay? Mm. So, uh, Brett, let's say you punch Adam in the face. Adam's first task is like, hey, Brett, you punched me in the face. I don't like that. I'd go right for his throat. Just punch, (laughs) throat punch. Well, it's it's the meme is like, if if someone uh, offends you, count slowly to 10, throw the punch at eight, no one expects it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that kind of a thing. That's the environment we're in, right? Okay, so Brent's, Brett's okay. punched me, yeah. the pure-hearted. And, and Adam confronts Brett and said, that's don't not punch right. me. Don't punch me in the face. I don't like it. <laughs> and Brett says, what are you going to do about it? Then he's not reconciled. The, the sin is still out there. Okay. And so Adam's task then is, if he does not listen, take one or two others along I with bring you. Jason. Yeah. I say, Jason, Brett punched me. And I say, Brett, it's not good to punch Adam. Okay, that whatever it, what, that's not what you would say in any of this. See, that's why this is so funny. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Uh, the actual yeah. response is, "What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what really, could you have possibly done?" I, I can't uh, believe it took you that long. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, so if you refuse to repent after being confronted by one or two others, I'm like in this hypothetical yeah. scenario. <laughs> then we take it before the church. Yeah. And we say, Solid Rock Free Lutheran Church, your pastor is punching people. Hey, it's like uh, St. Nick, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And the point is to bring about <laughs> repentance. 
This is great. We are not punching people for the sake of heresy. Okay. Maybe that is why I was punching them. We don't know why I was hit. That was not established. It doesn't sure. matter. Punching people is wrong. Okay. Well, this is already. Does this not seem like one of those lame case study like Christian video series? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? And it's not like, even Christian. Like Gary oh. Small or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. So. Seriously. At, at this point in time, the purpose is to bring about repentance. Yeah. The, 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 the purpose is not recompense. And the purpose is not holding someone's sin over them. But not only repentance... But as part of the repentance process, as part of as part of what that looks like, ultimately, it's also reconciliation. Yeah, well, as we're, we're not there yet. Is well, that that's the purpose? Is reconciliation? Right, reconciliation between Brett and I. Yep. So the first step people ignore. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, you'll be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. Okay. So get the keys thrown in. If here. there is repentance, if there is public repentance, you are required to forgive that sin. That's what that verse is saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. You are so again, because it's not something that we um, have to determine on our own, but it's something that we're we're declaring what God has declared. So that binding in heaven and and, uh, loosing, you know, all of that is forgiveness or preaching the law, applying the law. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if, if you've been confronted for sin and you've repented, you are required to be forgiven. Okay, so now we want to stop, draw a line right here in the flow chart right now, <laughs> draw a line. This does not mean that there are no temporal consequences. Mm-hmm. Okay, this means that there's forgiveness of sins. So, Brett, if you've punched Adam in the face, one of the consequences is Adam likely has a broken jaw. I've seen your right hook. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a glass jaw, too. So that's part of it. We would recognize that the thing happened. It would also, it would not be a lack of forgiveness, Adam, is if you would put some boundaries on your relationship with Brett, like I don't... At least three and a half feet, (laughs) so I can't catch that hook again. Yeah, I'm I'm probably not going to be in close proximity to Brett until he gets his temper under control. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things. Those requirements are not a lack of forgiveness. Those are temporal consequences. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for that's that's good. I like that distinction because yeah. Adam was right at, in the preamble to this episode. A lot of this church discipline stuff is abused, uh, and, and the abuse is first that if you forgive me, you need to pretend like I never did this thing. Mm. And and, yeah. and I think to yeah. some degree, correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's where a lot of. Um, the ignoring of sexual abuse in the church comes back to this passage. Well, you, you, I mean, he confessed it. He said he did it. It was wrong. You need to forgive him now. And this is not a legal matter. We dealt with it in the church. And that is a misapplication. That is an unbelievably wrong application of this passage. And that is how abusers and manipulators will use this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we've we've got that. Also real quick. um, When people repent publicly, like you're saying, uh, do you sense that it doesn't matter how sincere it appears outside? Like, kind of like you're, when you get your, you tell your kids to say you're sorry to your I'm sorry. I'm they sorry. Their feet. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got to tell them, and you got to mean it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, on the one hand, if there is repentance, uh, we are required in one sense, and I got to be very careful because I don't want to harm people who have been abused in this area. Yeah, we, We're required to trust that the repentance is real unless good. we have good yeah. reason to think yeah. that it's not real, right? Yeah. But 
again, the goal here, it doesn't stop at forgiveness. Forgiveness is in the middle of this passage, okay? Forgiveness is the first step. Then you look at verses 19 and 20. Again, I say to you, if two or three, uh, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Hmm. And Adam was right again. This is a passage about unity. Again. Amen. So yeah. <laughs> the goal yeah. beyond forgiveness is restoration yeah. and reconciliation. Beautiful. And that's the picture of the two or three. This is not... Uh, there is a snowstorm, right? And it's super hard to get to church. <laughs> and only five people showed up, but we know Jesus is here because five of us are gathered together. Yeah. You know that? Sure, great. I, I I thought about that too. The other side of it is like I am, you know, I'm imprisoned for my faith and I'm put in solitary confinement. Jesus, man, not there. Jesus isn't here. If only one more man, Christian would have been somebody, imprisoned with me. They 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 kept Jesus out. You yeah. know how they do that? But it, it's it's what you have to do to understand these passages. You have to take them ad nauseum or ad absurdum, excuse me, mm-hmm. to so, to realize that's not what it's saying. The picture here is a picture of unity and togetherness of one anothering, to use the Brett Bow copyrighted trademarked term. Be in the church. Be in the church. <laughs> plus and, the plus the this the hand motion thing that I do with one anothering. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so now go back to your scenarios. Yeah. How do we know that they're really repenting? Yeah. And that's the process of restoration and reconciliation. And part of the restoration is you might have abused your position yeah. or your trust to such an extent that you're not getting that back. And if you're unwilling to accept those terms, it causes me to question your repentance. Mm-hmm. And that's where you pull other scripture in, okay? So if you're a pastor and you've fallen morally and you repent in front of your congregation, but you demand to have your position back, yeah. that makes me question your repentance because right. there's no restoration and reconciliation going on there. It's been a while since we brought this up, but uh, Mark Driscoll, I was thinking yeah. about... Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Right? It's, <laughs> who? Yes. Do you think you we are? We have really. Uh, I was thinking Tully and Chavijan too. Yeah. Oh, sure. You know, both of them did. Yeah. You know, and Tully right. was was kind of in that same boat, I think. To yeah. Some well, and yeah. We want to be careful naming names on this because sure. some of this has actually been litigated, mm-hmm. and so there's mm-hmm. legal burden mm-hmm. to it. Yep. But there are. I mean, they're, even they're apart from those two yeah. names, you can yeah. <laughs> unfortunately in the church you can name a hundred others over yeah. the last yeah. twenty years, and it's so, name somebody from your church, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley, I'm looking at you. But so this is the point. Yeah. The the point isn't even forgiveness, which is necessary and good in biblical and the outcome of the gospel. The point is reconciliation because the gospel produces that. Hmm. That hmm. we have been reconciled to God and the message of the gospel in the hands of Christians is we make our appeal to you be reconciled to God. Yeah, and and you have to understand that what functionally is happening here is we are called to be like Jesus with one another, right? Yeah. That that's there. There's Hands a call. And feet of Jesus. Yeah, we are called to be that, and we are called just as His forgiveness. It 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 ends in reconciliation. Yep. And in restoration, right? The, and that's the that's the outcome of the gospel. You read Ephesians one, right? You, that one super long sentence in Greek that uh, those of you who have have studied know that it's one big sentence. But verses thir- three through fourteen, I think it is in, in Ephesians one, where you have all of the benefits of the gospel, where you have you have you know we have been adopted, 
we've been forgiven, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, we've been given an inheritance. All of these things are outcomes of the gospel. These are all the things that God did for us in Christ. And in that passage, it's, just, it's described as before the foundation of the world. All of these things have been given to us. And now, as those who've received such a gift, it is our responsibility to be fighting for those same things in our relationships. That reconciliation, that that sitting down at a table together, uh, you know, uh, specifically the Lord's table, you know, as, as you come to the Lord's Supper, that, that we can can share communion with one another. I think we got excommunication. We'll talk about that in several arcs from now, but, um, you know, that that's coming up as well. But but that fellowship, that restoration, it's all a picture of what Christ has done for us. And, and we want to say here that that reconciliation is an act of sacrificial love. Vertically, it's an act of sacrificial love on God's part. And, and I think the perfect illustration, the parallel passage to this Matthew 18 passage is the prodigal son, where the, the, the son does the act, the prodigal does the act of repenting with low expectations. The sacrificial act on the father's part was to restore him. Mm-hmm. And, and he welcomes, that's vertical thing. But then you see this horizontal thing. He goes out to the, the older brother and the older brother refuses to repent. And he says, I deserve that. Hmm. And in mm-hmm. that parable, there is no reconciliation because it's open-ended, because there is no repentance. And so we see this starts with repentance. And, and identifying that allows me to loop back to the beginning and talk about the second abuse of this passage. Okay? And what's, what's that? The second abuse of this passage is, you didn't follow this procedure, so I don't need to repent. Mm. Okay. Mm. The repentance in this process is implied and still necessary. And the other way that abusers and manipulators get off the hook when it comes to confessing sin and repenting is you didn't follow Matthew 18. So now I don't need to repent because you skipped these two steps. That is abusive, that is manipulative, and that is out of the bounds of this passage. And it's a smokescreen. It's a deflection from... Uh, and, and really what it is, it's self-justification. It is. So, I have done everything right. There's yeah. nothing wrong. There's nothing more dangerous in the Christian life than to say, I have done nothing wrong. Yep. You know, I mean, there, there, that's, and, and there are, don't get me wrong. There are certain situations, of course, where we, where we do do the right thing. Uh, but, but in, in a situation where, where we are unwilling to admit that we're wrong, that's actually one of the first places I go in pre-marriage counseling. When I talk to students about, about relationships and marriage, about thinking, is this the right person? You know, when, when the, a lot of students come to me with that question, you know, like, when do you know, you know? And one of the things I said is, have you, have you ever seen this person truly repent of something. I mean, if you've been around this person long enough, you're going to be around long enough for them to sin because they are, you know, possess an old nature uh, and, and hopefully also new, you know, that's also part of the requirement. But the, the whole idea is, do you, do you, have you ever seen this person say truly that I, I, I have wronged you? Forgive me. Because so many relationships I have seen break down over the course of my ministry because one person is unwilling, or both even, are unwilling to admit that I could have done anything wrong. And we are, as, as a church and as a, as a body of believers, I think we're seeing this more and more in this culture of, of you know, uh, the social media things that I don't participate in anymore because it's all just these one-line zingers that throw people under the bus, Right. But all of this whole idea in, in the church today, the danger is we are becoming so averse to, to confessing sin and extending forgiveness 
that we are we are in danger, I think, of continually hardening our hearts to the Holy Spirit because that's exactly what the Spirit wants us to do. Yep. He wants us to confess our sin to one another, uh, be forgiven, be, uh, you know, re- repent and be restored. That's what his goal is. And if we're continually fighting that, we are in serious danger, are we not, of of, you know, hardening our hearts to what the Holy Spirit would have for us. And that's a, that's not a, yeah. If I have to say by this many episodes, that that's not a good place to be, uh, <laughs> we haven't done our job, but, but that's what it is. It's a bad, bad, bad spot. If we can't confess our sin and admit I did this wrong. That's a Romans one issue where God's response to our unrepentance is, and God gave them up and God gave them up hmm. and God gave them hmm. up and it carries us farther and farther away. So you look at verse 15, if your brother sins against you, now, here's the thing. Yeah. If you don't follow Matthew 18 <clears throat> mm-hmm. perfectly, uh, that sin is still accountable before God. There still needs to be repentance. And this is what I talked about at the very beginning of the episode where I talk about this is not only a legalistic thing, but it's a litigious thing. You don't get to get off on a legal loophole by saying, you didn't follow the right procedures, therefore I don't need to repent. If sin has been committed, you are already on the hook before God, and you need to repent there no matter what. Now, could we say this situation horizontally could have been handled better? Guess what? The answer to that is always yes, because you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, he's a sinner, she's a sinner, they're all sinners, and we could have handled it best. But the point is what we're working towards horizontally is that reconciliation and restoration that results in the kind of unity in the church where you know God is with you. Right. Where Jesus and, and, is present. And you know, that that unity is more rich and more deep than the the, sacri- uh, the uh, superficial kind of unity, the way that people talk about, let's have some unity in the church. Yeah. But this is actually something that's different that is wrought by the gospel and the, the spirit uh, convicting of sin, leading to repentance, leading to the receiving and giving of the gospel and forgiveness of sins that, yeah, uh, it's, it's so beautiful. I, I just, I can't get over that in, in this text of if this were to actually happen the way that the, the scripture lays it out, it's messy and yet it's beautiful and how the, the Lord <laughs> brings... And you know yes. where to find it. Yeah, so yeah. so uh, my, a little bit of a side, my, f- uh, my favorite Adam Ford yeah, com- yeah. Uh, comic, uh, he's the guy who founded the Babylon Bee. He branched off of that. Right. But, so his website is Adam, the number four D... Dot com. I think that's what it is. And when he first started publishing works, he, he had this two-panel comic, that the, the two views of unity. And, and one <laughs> is, we have all this unity, let's see what we can agree on. Or two, this is what we agree on, this is where our unity is on that. And they're two separate things. Unity is never, ever, ever, ever can we all just get along. It's mm. never fake it till you make yeah, it. Yeah. Unity is this is who we are, mm-hmm. which is why in the church, unity is always tied to confession. Yeah. Well, it's, it, yeah. Uh, the way I say that is you're always going to be unified under something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. There's yep. always, there's always something that is guiding that unity, you know, that that's drawing us together. And in this case, like you're saying, you know, it's that, that mutual. When, 
confidence in the image, confidence in the gospel really is the thing that would, would unify us. Churches getting together for the sake of, you know, ecumen, you know, ecumenical movements, just for the sake of let's all just get along is not okay. Kumbaya is it, no, it, it needs to be united under the, the revealed and sure word of God yeah. that declares Christ is our victor and, and those, the one who has come to rescue us from sin and, and mm-hmm. guides us in repentance and all of these things, all, yeah. all of these things, that's what we unify under. And, and this is where we can actually do practical application for this mutual conversation and consolation of yeah. the brethren, which is what this is all about. It starts with, we call them in our tradition, the AFLC annual congregational meetings. I think our Missouri Synod brothers and sisters would call them like voters meetings or voters assembly meetings or something like that. I'm not Missouri Synod, so I don't know. Uh, the devotion I give at our annual meeting for the congregation every year uh, is exactly the same. Oh, and really? It's to realize we come together huh. during business, and, and I say we are already unified. Hmm. And, and mm-hmm. what unifies us is our common confession. Mm-hmm. So that when we do business and, and we can't agree on the color of the carpet, that doesn't necessarily mean we're not unified. It means we disagree. The unity flows from our identity in Christ. And what's so interesting, Adam, you brought up ecumenical movements. Mm-hmm. There is... This principle applies to ecumenicism, Mm -hmm. but what we have to do is we have to come together and say, this is where we're unified. This is where we can work together. And it's amazing. You know, when it comes to working with uh, Roman Catholics and even Muslims about the pro-life cause, Mm. we can be unified on that. Under that. Under that cause, because that's what we have in common. Right. Uh, When it comes to agreeing with our Calvinist cousins on the Christian spectrum. There are things that unify us, but there are real things that exist that do not unify us. We do not agree on the sacraments. We do not agree on the nature of salvation. And so we can't operate in that space, but we can operate in the space is that Christ covers your, Christ covers me with his blood and we are brothers and sisters in Christ in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're probably not going to worship together because that you know, we don't have unity in that area, but that's what it looks like. When it comes to a congregation, we should already have unity of confession, which means that the restoration, there should be a direct line to repentance and restoration because we know what we confessed. When that breaks down, it harms people Hmm. because you try to create the unity and you circumvent the foundation. Hmm. Yeah. So... That's the gospel application. We are united on the gospel, and uh, the forgiveness of sins resulting in restoration and reconciliation is what the gospel looks like in the body of Christ. Amen. Well, that's good stuff. Uh, Thanks, guys. Uh, Let's... Uh, wrap it up on on this article, and next time we'll launch into yeah three point five yeah new one. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. The Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary invites you to their 2024 Seminary Symposium on January 17th through the 19th with featured guest Dr. Joel Bierman. Sessions will cover topics related to Christian ethics, including virtue ethics in the church and the rise and fall of Lutheran pietism. Find information about live stream and in-person registration at flbc.edu slash events. God bless you and have a great week.